Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today I'll be breaking down the ways that the Lions offense are going to be able to take apart the Bears defense. Matt Eberflus has a defense that's a 4-3, 2-deep safety scheme that takes away the deep ball as its first priority. And this is not a terrible one of those at times. Specifically, their defense has been a lot better since their former defensive coordinator resigned and their head coach took over play-calling duties for that side of the ball on a permanent basis. There is a lot less of the asking someone to do what they can't do on the Bears' defense than there is on their offense. Now, at the beginning of the season, that was not true, and this team was terrible. But the reason that they have so many guys who can only do certain things is because they favored scheme fits over talent. Like the a recent example that I've, I've gone over previously is pass rusher Travis Gibson, who logged seven sacks the season before the Eberflus regime began and two seasons later was cut in the offseason because he just wasn't a fit. Uh, someone like James Houston would never have been put on the field for this coach. So when you're screaming at the TV sometime this season because Aaron Glenn did something weird, just think back to a couple of years ago when the Lions were refusing to adjust their scheme to fit their players' capabilities. You know, the Quintricia era. That's what Chicago fans are sitting through right now. And we can all be thankful for that. The thing one for this defense to work is the D-line getting pressure. They picked up a player at the trade deadline who definitely does that. Uh, Montez Sweat is a really good pass rusher. And luckily for the Bears, he does fit the scheme very well. Uh, the Bears also have Yannick Ngakwe on the other side who does basically nothing but pressure the quarterback at the NFL level. And this season as a whole, he hasn't even been doing that particularly effective. On the interior, Andrew Billings is the guy holding the line together with the rookie Gervon Dexter as the person that the Bears hope will eventually step into the other spot, but they don't really have anybody right now. Billings is the whole interior defensive line. This shouldn't be a difficult assignment for the Lions. The Lions' offensive line is better than the Bears' defensive line, and they should take care of business in the running and passing game without too much difficulty, like the Bears have. Absolutely no depth here. They have almost a full starting lineup, full of guys who like would start somewhere in the league, but probably not on a good team, other than Sweat and Billings. And their backups probably wouldn't make another NFL roster. The only real danger here is that the Bears will find a way to stress the Lions' left guard. Uh, Jonah Jackson can't go. He's out this game, so that means one of Colby Sorsdahl, Coyote Awasoka, or Dan Skipper will need to get that spot handled. So this key is to do what they've done all season. The Lions' offensive line needs to play up to the expected level while down a man to injury. On the second level, the Bears have a problem long-term. They have two starting caliber linebackers. The problem is that neither of those is the guy that they paid $18 million a year in the offseason in free agency. 
TJ Edwards and Jack Sanborn are, are a pretty good linebacker duo. The problem has been that Tremaine Edmonds was the big money guy, and nobody wants to play somebody like Jack Sanborn over the high-priced free agent that their boss brought in this year. Sadly for the Lions, this issue has kind of dealt with itself this week. Edmonds is out with injury, so the team will be facing capable linebackers from the Bears. However, it does bring an opportunity. The Bears' other linebackers are rookie Noah Sewell and career special teamer Dylan Cole. The Lions need to line up heavy and make them play three linebackers. I want 12 personnel all day until the Bears figure out how to make that work. 22 maybe. Because I suspect Matt Eberflus will be more than happy to run his base defense with a bad linebacker on the field. They need to find that linebacker and punish him for existing. So get the Bears in the base and pound it until they're susceptible to play action. That's key too. Like Brock Wright could remind the league that that touchdown he had last week isn't something strange for him. That could be something that happens this week. Because Noah Sewell absolutely cannot cover Brock Wright. <laughs> and in the secondary, uh, the Bears played a ridiculous amount of man coverage last week despite the fact that this is a very zone-heavy scheme that they generally run. And but that was against the Panthers, who just don't have the wide receivers to make a team pay for doing that. My hope is, and I don't really think this is going to happen, my hope is that their head coach's takeaway from that was that his team is good at man coverage, as opposed to, this was a good game plan this week, I should immediately throw it away forever. The Lions have been chewing this kind of defense up and spitting them out. The deep safeties, they keep everything in front of you, kind of defenses that are currently in vogue in the league. There really isn't any reason to expect anything different this week, uh, but last week did show that the Lions offense does need to be prepared for wrinkles. They're not just going to run their base defense for 70 snaps like they had kind of been doing at the beginning of the year. Uh, so this episode's a fairly short one uh, because this isn't that complicated. The offensive line needs to thrive without one of its guys. Power running scheme tends to favor less athletic linemen, and losing Jackson this week does reduce the line's athleticism. It also works well against teams that are one gap almost exclusively in their own defense, which the Bears are, so pulls, traps, counters, these should all be fertile grounds for success for the Lions this week. And they do keep a lesser lineman out of predictable one-on-one -on -one battles against Billingsley, uh, which is what I would be trying to create if I were the Bears' defensive coordinator. And a heavy dose of 21 and 12 personnel. Keeping Bears in base defense when they don't have three capable linebackers is another key to victory this week. That probably means running the ball a lot. I'm absolutely okay with that, as you guys should know by this point. Lastly, they need to remain leery of wrinkles in the scheme in the secondary uh, because this is a very good defensive coordinator. He doesn't have great players, but he himself is very good. The Lions have been running plays with one side of the field designed to beat one type of coverage and the other side designed to defeat a different type of coverage basically all season. So I don't think this is going to be a problem. It's just something that they definitely need to do this week to have one play beating two different things. The Lions are a vastly superior team this week, uh, but they also know that they're a vastly superior team, and we've seen them kind of get punched in the mouth by good teams when they've been riding a little higher on themselves than maybe they should be. But they've handled the lesser teams they've faced without too much difficulty to this point. 
This should be a multi-score win for the Lions, but that is why you play the games. The Bears are a real NFL team, just not a very good one. See you on Monday with my immediate reaction to Sunday's game. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.